AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. That was a solid way to wrap up the week for the grain market bulls. For the most part, markets confirmed yesterday's bullish reaction to the USDA reports and built momentum heading into the three-day weekend. Livestock futures were narrowly mixed, but hey, even some hog contracts closed the week higher. Live from the final day of the first full work week of January 20. 23 via Farm Journal broadcast. This is AgriTalk. This afternoon, it's a conversation with Rick Brock from the Brock Report. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson, and now the host of AgriTalk, Jeff Flory. The first full work week of the year 2023. And you know what? I think that's enough. Hey, you know, we put in five consecutive days. Yes. Yes. That's you know what? We can- we should be able to offset that somehow. I think you're right. You know, Davis, you take a three. You you take an extra day this weekend. You know what? You know what, Chip? What? Why don't you do the same? Huh? Well, I think we just gave each other Monday off. Is what happened. Outstanding, outstanding. Ah. Thank you, brother. Appreciate Thank it. You. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to Agri Talk. I'm Chip. That is Davis Michelson, and here Hello. we are. Heading into another three-day weekend, Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day Mm -hmm. on Monday. The government will be closed, the post office will be closed, and the markets Mm -hmm. will be closed. Mm -hmm. So um, it's kind of, you know, we talk about this uh, with with the rains that are in the forecast for Argentina, the rains that are in the forecast for southern Brazil. Obviously, we're going to be keeping a close watch on those and, and see how they develop. Mm-hmm. But, uh, boy, the damage that w- that has been done in Argentina, the the estimates from the grain exchanges that came yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, boy, we didn't really get too much of a chance to talk about them. Ben Brown from the University of Missouri mentioned them. But good grief, under 40 million yeah. metric tons on the, the Argentine bean crop. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's factored into this market or not. Well, We'll have to talk about that today with Rick Brock from the Brock Report. Uh, well, here's the thing, and you yeah. can ask Rick about this, see if he can confirm this. I can tell you the uh, the weather forecast for Argentina. We're going to get rain over the weekend, and then the risk of seven to ten days of hot and dryness to follow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's exactly right. I mean, that that's hasn't a, that been the the Friday forecast for that's every the only Friday news. since yeah. December one. Yeah. And then we show up on Monday. Well, rains over the weekend in Argentina. Who pop a doop a do record dryness and heat and whatnot coming? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, and and it's all piled together into the worst drought in sixty sixty yeah. six zero yep. years in Argentina. This is no good. Yeah, it is really uh, tough to figure exactly how this is all going to play out. Except remember, remember on Monday. When we talked with Dan Bossi about that, and what is Argentina going to do? He said, oh, they'll just import beans out of Brazil. They started mm-hmm. to do it this week already. Wow, how do you like that? Yeah, yeah, they started to do it. So um, Brian Grady, who was on the free-for-all this morning, we didn't get a chance to talk about it on the free-for-all, but 
He's got it on the front page of Pro Farmer Newsletter this week mm-hmm. that Argentina is, is starting to import beans to keep the, the crush industry up and running. All right, let's get to the news. What do you got? Well, Chip, wheat futures continue to digest the bigger-than-expected increase in winter wheat seedings. Analysis of the winter wheat seedings report from USDA has served as a reminder of record-poor hard red winter wheat crop condition ratings. Traders are already anticipating a high level of abandonment after millions of acres failed to establish a stand last fall. March SRW wheat futures opened fractionally higher and stopped short of a full test of resistance at 750 before setting back to close at the opening range. March hard red winter wheat futures were eight and three quarters cents higher at 843 and three quarters. March soft red wheat up a penny 743 and three quarters. March spring wheat closed down four and three quarter cents at uh, 907 and one half. All right. And on the week, March SRW wheat futures down a quarter, quarter of, excuse me, up a quarter of a penny. That was it. Kind of a long ways to go to get a quarter of a yeah. cent gain. Uh, Kansas City March uh, or HRW March futures up 11 and three quarters and March spring wheat futures up five and three quarter cents. Well, Chip, in yesterday's USDA reports, corn market bears got the 150 million bushel cut to the corn export estimate they had anticipated. But corn market bulls also got a surprise 200 million bushel cut to supplies for the 22-23 marketing year. The push-pull of the data supported solid gains yesterday, and front-month corn today opened slightly lower in near-session lows, then pushed to the upside to post a high-range close, and the highest close since December 30. March corn futures were four cents higher at 6.75. May corn up four and one quarter, 6.73 and three quarters. July corn futures closed at 6.63 and three quarters, up two and one quarter cents, Chip. Yeah, bull spreads worked in the corn, especially since uh, the report came out. March corn this week up 21 cents. July corn up 15 and a quarter. Well, the soybean market got a similar data update with expected 22-23 bean exports down 55 million bushels from December. But the 2022 bean crop was revised downward 70 million bushels by way of fewer harvested acres and a lower national average soybean yield. March beans yesterday pushed through resistance at $15 and confirmed the rally today with a low range open and a high range close. The close in March bean futures was the highest since June 17, the day before the three-day Juneteenth yes. weekend. March beans were nine and one quarter cents higher at 15.27 and three quarters. May beans up eight cents, 15.27 and one quarter. July beans closed at 15.25, up six and one half cents. That's eerie. That is eerie. The last time bit. the bean market has closed this high, we mm-hmm. were going into a three-day weekend, and here we are back mm-hmm. up at those levels heading into a three-day weekend. Uh, I don't know if it means anything, but, it, you know, the last time it was an accelerator back on, in June. Mm-hmm. It was an accelerator to the downside, okay? I wonder if we're not going to have an accelerating three-day weekend again. This time it might be to the upside. March beans up 35 and a quarter. July beans up 23 and a quarter cents. Well, despite the much bigger than expected 22-23 cotton carryover estimate of 4.5 million bales, cotton futures posted a modest upside correction to yesterday's steep losses. March cotton was 25 points higher, 82-29. Chip? Yeah, and on the week down 339 points, I think, yes, it looks like it was. It was the leader to the downside, lost almost 4% in value. 
Well, after a solid rally to start the week, live cattle futures went into a holding pattern as traders look to the cash market for direction. Trade the past two weeks has locked February futures inside a $1 trading range. February cattle 17 and one half cents higher, 157.72 and a half. April cattle slipped a tick, 160 and 90, and March feeders down a buck 40, 182, 87 and one half. Feels like a narrow range inside yeah. that $1 trading range, Chip. Yeah, absolutely. On the week, February live cattle up 95 cents. Uh, March feeder cattle down $2.77 and a half with corn trading to the upside. Well, Lean Hog Futures saw a mid-range open and a mid-range close and posted an inside trading day. Chart watchers are still targeting support of the October 4 low of 76.40, but the ability of the market to erase early session losses suggests the market has at least started the process of building a seasonal low. Feb Hogs a dime lower, 78.65 April, a dime higher, 87.27 and one half chip. You know, we've been talking about the pressure on this hog market for quite some time, down four out of the five trading days. That was on the end of a seven-day streak of lower closes. But to, uh, on the week, February, lean hogs down $1.62 and a half. Not much of a loss. Rick Brock is next. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. On your favorite radio station or your preferred digital device, AgriTalk is live every weekday. Bro, you got to update that. <laughs> Remember Guys that? They're making mimeographs. <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing wrong with my printer. Leave me alone. No. Are, were you in the camp that liked the smell of fresh mimeographs from the teacher's lounge, or no. some people really, really didn't like them? No, make, make me sneeze. Oh, really? Make me sneeze, yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. immediately. I, so I know a... that, yeah, I know that from running uh, church bulletins not all that long <laughs> ago. <laughs> it, so there's I a mean, case may... to be made yeah, that it, you it, may it... actually be allergic to homework. <laughs> See, Mom, I told you. I told you. No, yeah, it it, uh, it was a weird, weird thing. Um, huh. When when I was a kid, I'd go in with my mom, and we'd I'd help her do the church bulletins. Well, I sure. had an opportunity to run a mimeograph doing church bulletins not that long ago <laughs> to to crank the machine, and it I had the same thing happened. No sneeze, kidding. sneeze, 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 sneeze. Yeah. Uh -huh. 
Huh. Yep, all over. Okay, that's enough of that. Let's get to the conversation with one Mr. Rick Brock from the Brock Report. Rick, it's good to talk with you again. How are you? Yeah, Chip, uh, good Friday to you. I'm fine. Yeah, good. How are the holidays? Okay? Yeah, we had a great time. A lot of grandkids around now, so it was was a lot of fun. Yep, yep, fantastic, fantastic, good. Okay, the reports yesterday. Let's start right there. A little bit of something for almost everybody in those reports, wasn't there? Yeah, I think whether you were a bull or bear, you ought to find uh, many things you, you would liked about yesterday's report. And uh, but but some of the and you were talking earlier too about the uh, the export numbers. Yeah, I think the most concerning thing about yesterday's report, long term, is what high prices are doing to demand. Our demand in the corn market is is really uh, extremely soft. Uh, exports in this report show uh, down 22% from a year ago, and yet our export commitments are down 47%. Yeah. So uh, the USDA must be expecting uh, China to step in and start buying. Uh, their big buying spree two years ago started in February. And so it'll be interesting to see if that happens, because if it doesn't, uh, this demand uh, is going to get worse. And uh, they will have to lower that, their estimate of from 1.925 uh, down quite a bit based upon on current commitments. But mm-hmm. with that said, to cut 200 million bushels off production is a big deal. And I think short term, that is a game changer. And I think it's very supportive uh, in the corn market here near term. Uh, as you mentioned uh, a few minutes ago, uh, everything's being bull spread. Uh, it's been uh, uh, both the corn and the soybean market. So I, I think you have to be positive on prices here short term. Uh, what worries me is is how many acres of corn then that we get planted and, and what that will eventually end up to. Remember, this is not a good time of year to have high priced corn. Uh, not when it's, uh, some farmers are still making decisions on what to plant this uh, spring. So the higher the market is now, uh, unless we have major production problems this summer, uh, probably the lower it will be in July and August. So it, it'll be a double-edged sword, and, and I think the trends will be uh, very dissimilar from last year. I don't think we're going to follow last year's pat- pattern uh, at all. So it's, it's a really uh, interesting market right now. It's, it sure is. You mentioned China started buying corn from us last February. It kind of happened when they figured out that the Brazilian corn crop had problems. Not that they were buying Brazilian corn at that time uh but the tightening global supply started that process i believe now they're in there buying brazilian corn correct yeah they are and, and when they were buying our corn it was actually two years ago not one year ago but oh. you know w- yep. one of the other trends that really worries me is this may might be the first year in history where exports of corn out of Brazil will exceed our exports. Uh, as of this report, you know we're forecasting, USDA is forecasting 1.925 billion. Uh, the forecast out of Brazil is 1.855. I mean, you, you look at this on a chart going back to 1990, and it is uh, extremely concerning uh, that we're, we're throwing uh, our export market out. And of course, soybeans are even worse. Uh, where Brazil's now expected to export 3.289 billion bushels of beans, and we're all the way down at two and are just slightly above two. So, you know, we're 
we're losing export share uh, in a major way. And, you know, it, you can change supply in a year, but it takes you years to build back demand. And so this is, uh, I think, is really concerning. I think yep. another interesting point, though, in this report. Okay. So we take a look at this big cut in production. Most of it came in two states. Uh, Nebraska and Kansas, and I haven't heard a lot of people talking about that, but uh, the Nebraska corn crop, uh, what they did was, I, I'm sure, uh, counties like York were basically in June, uh, windstorm took out uh, almost yep. the entire county. Uh, all of a sudden, the harvested acreage for shelled corn plummeted. It was only uh, in the state of Nebraska, uh, harvested acres uh, were only 91.8%. Uh, for example, compare that to Illinois, where 98% of the crop yeah. is harvested to shell corn. So uh, they didn't lower the yield that much in Nebraska, but Three they took bushel, yeah. you know acres out, harvested, yep. and then they did the same thing in Kansas. So the you know the, the concern here is if you're a cattle feeder in Nebraska and in Kansas, uh, the available supply of corn to you just dropped like a rock, yeah. and uh, it's going to keep basis levels tight in those areas of the country until we get new crop corn coming in. Yeah. You know, the, the, an interesting point on that Nebraska combination of what they did with acres, taking all the acres out, or not all, but taking acres out of the, the harvested uh, corn acres, and then they also took the yield down, I think it was three bushels per acre. You don't get that combination very often. Normally, if you're taking your acres down, you're taking the lowest yielding acres out of the equation, which lifts a state's corn yield didn't work right. that way that's how bad it was there yeah yeah that is, that is true the the only crop that that worked in in yesterday's report was cotton you know it took a lot yep. of acres out of the the panhandle of texas and uh, and increased the yield but uh, but you're right in corn normally if you're if you're going to take out a lot of acres uh your your average yield is going to go up but yep. you know this is a this is a real serious issue i think for cattle feeders well, uh in, in an area that RRA was short corn. Right. And that's, that's, I, I was anticipating that one of the, if corn acres, or excuse me, if corn stocks, December 1 stocks had come in where, where the trade thought they would be, I was kind of anticipating that that was going to be the top of the basis market and things would start to roll down uh, from there. I don't think you can call that anymore, can you? No, I, I don't think so. I, I was in that camp, too, thinking that, you know, we're not going to have as strong of a basis in those areas. And we have backed off quite a bit from where we were three months ago. I mean, the basis has softened uh, as new crop corn came in this fall. But as we look at it right now, uh, I think it's going to be hard to break the basis levels in, in that area of the country mm -hmm. until we get more corn coming in. Because uh, for once in history, I mean, that's a corn deficit area now. Yeah. Normally, we used to say that was the case on the East Coast. But, you know, here we're looking at Nebraska corn basis stronger than, say, the state of New York. Yeah. And uh, I've we've never seen that in our lifetime. No. And, uh and I think it's going to continue that way. But, you know, this can be similar, I think, to 2013 in that all of a sudden we came off of a short crop year and then we had a, a barn buster. And uh, and then it was a totally different uh, market by the time we got to harvest uh, yeah. this year. And so yeah. uh, I, I just don't like it when we have uh, 
when we forget that that the cure for high prices is high prices because yeah. it really does hurt demand. And that's that was the main thesis, I think, to take away from yesterday's report gotcha. is, is what this is doing to demand. Gotcha. Gotcha. Good point. Good point, Rick. Yeah. Prices have definitely been high enough for a long enough period of time to chase some of the buyers out of the market. There is there is no question about that. Now, do you think the corn market goes looking for demand here over the the course of the next 60 days? Or do we just kind of continue to hold the crop in the bin? I, I think, well... Yeah, it depends on, on the area of the country because you know a lot of farmers uh, now that so so many farms are so large, uh, corn keeps moving uh, from the farm to uh, the grain yeah. elevators every day. I mean they have to have trucks on the road Got all to. the time, and so I think marking patterns have changed over the years as uh, producers have grown in size, and that's only natural. And, and so all the changes is when that corn is priced. Uh, but I think we're going to continue to have corn moving to the market. But you take then smaller farmers that, you know, like to sit and keep their corn in their bin until July. Yeah, they're, they're going to be tight holders. But yeah. any more, uh, that's a much smaller part of the market because you take a 10,000 acre farmer now, even a 2,000 acre farmer, you can't wait till July to start hauling right. corn. You have right. road, uh, trucks on the road all the time. Exactly. Good stuff, Rick. We're going to continue the conversation with Rick Brock from The Brock Report right after these messages. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Time now for news of note from Pro Farmer. Grain and livestock markets traded normal hours today. All markets and government offices will be closed this coming Monday, January 16, in observance of Martin Luther King Jr. Day. China imported 10.56 million metric tons of beans in December, up 19.1% from last year. And the highest monthly tally since June 2021 as importers tried to ease tight supplies. Chinese exports fell 9.9% versus a year ago in December, the steepest decline since January-February 2020. A trade panel backed Mexico and Canada in a dispute with the U.S. over rules to calculate regional content required for tariff-free automotive imports. And Eurozone industrial production increased 1.0% from the previous month and 2.0% over a year ago in November. Those figures were above expectations for growth, both monthly and annually. Try ProFarmer.com. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. 
When news breaks, the newsmakers talk about it on AgriTalk with Chip Flory. Welcome back. I'm Chip. We are in the middle of a conversation with Rick Brock from the Brock Report. Before we get back to Rick, let's go ahead and, Davis, recap how the markets closed. Well, Chip, March hard red winter wheat futures were eight and three quarters cents higher today, 843 and three quarters. March softwood wheat up a penny, 743 and three quarters. March corn futures were four cents higher with 675. July corn futures closed at 663 and three quarters, up two and one quarter cents. March soybean futures, nine and one quarter cents higher, 1527 and three quarters. July beans closed at 1525, up six and one half cents. March cotton, 25 points higher, 82.29. February fat cattle, 17 and one half cents higher at 157.72 and a half. March feeder futures down a buck 40, 182.87 and one half. And February lean hog futures a dime lower, 78.65. That's your quick market recap. Now back to you, Chip Flory. All right. Thank you very much, Davis. Rick Brock from the Brock Report is our guest analyst today. Rick, you made the comment that you do not expect the pattern that we saw a year ago in corn to repeat this year. So during the break, I'll admit I had to, you know, get the picture of it up in front of me again just to remind me exactly what it it did look like. What a dramatic year it was, wasn't it? 2022, that was crazy. It was, it, it was a, yeah, it was a trendless year in the markets. It was uh, probably the toughest year for being a grain trader I, I have ever gone through, have ever witnessed. And, and so it also makes it very difficult for, for producers to market. And I, I think it's really the last two years is, is impacting a lot of farmers marketing strategies for this year. Uh, at our own seminar series in December, before I even spoke, I pulled the audiences and had them write on a piece of paper uh, what percent of their old crop and new crop corn yeah. uh, was already sold. And it, it was a shockingly small number. And so, you know, as has always been the case, human nature being what it is, if we sold early last year and the market went up, then we're not going to do that again this year. And I, I think that's exactly what's taking place. And And so far, it's been okay, although the market is still in corn well under where we were in the highs uh, two months ago. And so, you know, I'm afraid that some people may wait too long. But with that said, I I wouldn't be making catch up sales in this market right now, uh, either old crop or new crop. Uh, I think short term here, we have uh, uh, may have some more upside. And I'd be from a timing window, I'd be looking more like March for a time frame for this market to be uh, peaking. And by then, most people will have their uh, decisions made on, on corn acres. And if we don't take corn acres down and we have a good crop, then, you know, we're going to be set up for a significant bear market whenever this market does peak, which it hasn't yet. Yep. Yeah, you were nice enough to participate in the predictions for 2023 that that Davis and I talked about on uh, the first day of uh, 2023. And that was you know, the a good possibility of a bear market in corn was your number one prediction. Uh, you didn't, it, it sounds to me like you didn't see anything in the reports yesterday that are going to change your opinion on that. No, long term, I, I still think right. we're, we're set up for a big bear market. But, 
you know, we, we, we're, we've got reasonably tight supplies. So, you know, the timing of it isn't going to happen, you know, this month. And, uh, but remember markets, prices move based on anticipation, not on facts that we have right now. And, and so this is one that is now getting the bullish news built into it. And uh, at some point, you know, it's the, I think the plug will be pulled and, and, and then you're looking at a, a fairly sharp uh, a downtrend, but, but we need a crop. You know, the interesting thing is you take your six key states around where you're sitting right now, take Nebraska, Iowa, South Dakota, even, and I'm throwing it in there because it's a big livestock area, uh, mm -hmm. Minnesota, uh, Iowa, Illinois, and Indiana. Uh, our corn production peaked in 2016 when you combine those six states. Uh, in fact, we haven't even come close to the 2016 yeah. high. So we keep building demand in that area of the Midwest with more poultry operations going up, pork operations expanding. And, and yet our, our uh, supply is not going up because there's always a problem or has been since 2016 of what has happened this year in, in Nebraska, uh, what happened two years ago in Iowa. Uh, there just always seems to be a major production problem in one of those key states. So, you know, what will happen uh, for a bear market get away, we've Got, have to get all cylinders pumping at the same time yeah. and everybody have a decent year. And so far that's not happened. Right. Right. Interesting. Interesting. You know, the other thing that struck me when I pulled up that the March corn chart and, and went back and looked at the full year on it, that market moved from five fifty to over seven fifty, but basically to seven fifty. So that $2 trading range. And here we sit basically right in the middle of it at six fifty. Uh, the other thing that struck me is there was a 12-day period from June 17th to, uh, what is it, July 6th. So 12 trading sessions where that market fell from 753 to 573. I, it just a just a, a shocking kind of a sell-off in that market okay uh anyway, well, at right. some point it'll happen again this year you, probably probably okay what are your thoughts on i want to talk about the livestock trade here in just a moment but nah shoot i, I gotta watch my time here because your other prediction i want to talk about that first inflation the cpi data that we got yesterday what 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 are your thoughts on inflation and interest rates for the year ahead after that? I, I think we're very close to a top in both. We might have one more bump from the Fed on interest rates, maybe another half a point. Uh, but while I think the Fed was way too late getting started on, on, on increasing interest rates, I think they've now accelerated it too fast. And uh, we're seeing... Uh, many areas of weakness in the economy. Uh, housing starts. Um, you take a look at some of the leading indicators, lumber prices and steel. They've all had major bear markets. And, you know, you take a young family right now, Chip, uh, on the same price of home, the mortgage rate is, is monthly mortgage uh, payments are now double what they were a year ago. Yeah. So this is really uh, slowing a lot of people. We've seen a lot of layoffs in the West Coast coast uh, you know the high tech business yep. led the stock market in the way up and this past year has led it on the way down and so you know i do think that we're seeing uh we're going to continue to have some inflation but i think we've seen the biggest part of it uh and i think 
you know, part of the of the help is going to come from it's going to be very difficult for this administration now to get through uh, uh, Congress, any other big uh, spending sprees, uh, you know, now that uh, they don't control uh, the Congress and only the Senate, uh, uh, all of a sudden that, that's going to have a major impact okay. uh, on, on on what's happening. And, and you know, I think the Congress is going to win on, on on pulling the plug on funding uh, a massive infusion of new IRS agents. And uh, and so there, there are a lot of things that are changing because of the change uh, in the vote in the Congress right now. Interesting. Okay. All right. Uh, take us to livestock trade, Rick. Uh, what are you optimistic? Uh, concerns? What What are you thinking? Well, I'm concerned for the pork guys because they're getting squeezed on both ends right now. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're seeing high priced corn in your area of the country, and they're having trouble getting the corn. And yet, we we've seen. Uh, Pork cutout uh, basically d- dropped like a rock here in the last two weeks. Uh, we've been short the hog market, but I think uh, early next week we're going to start putting profits in the bank. But I think the the pork futures market is very very oversold here right now uh, because of weather and other issues. Uh, uh, hog uh, hogs got backed up, and now yeah. we're we're hitting a, the market with a increased production so at, at this stage uh we're in the camp that the bear market and and pigs is is about over uh, we take a look at cattle on the other hand uh i'm not bearish cattle but i'm not bullish at this price level either okay. I'm, I'm concerned about the feeder cattle market because in, increased uh corn prices are going to put some pressure uh, on the feeder cattle market. So we, we could see more pressure in the feeder cattle market uh, and the fat cattle market. Uh, I, I'm just not uh, in any hurry to be uh, pricing fat cattle at, at this level. Uh, I think I think the uh, producers will have a better uh, price opportunity uh, to lock in selling prices on fat cattle. So I'm, gotcha. I'm optimistic. I just don't think it's going to be a major bull market. I just don't see much on the downside. Okay. All right. Very good. Um, your expect we're getting closer and closer every day to February when we're going to be setting that spring price guarantee on crop insurance. Thoughts on planted acres for corn and beans? Well, I think most people right now are talking about a slight drop in corn and increase in beans. Uh, you know, you normally best just to assume that most uh, producers in the Midwest are going to stay with the same rotation. Uh, that they've always had. And so with today's price of corn, uh, we're not looking for much of a shift at all. I, I mean, okay. I, I think we'll be down slightly in corn, uh, but with the yesterday's report, if a farmer hasn't made up his mind, I think they would push him to lean uh, toward uh, having the uh, same or more corn acres than they did last year. So uh, right now, when we're starting to put together our balance sheets for next year, I'm, I'm going to leave planted corn and bean acres unchanged. Okay. All right, very good. I know I'm going to see you down at Commodity Classic. Uh, you got any other events coming up? Oh, we have a lot coming up. Um, yeah. I'm giving uh, a lot of speeches in January in, in the Midwest and Indiana and Ohio. And then we have our own conference in, in February in, in Destin, Florida as well. And uh, it's, it's back to speaking as, as usual. Uh, Check out the website. Week. Yep, yep, check out the website for the details on where Rick is going to be and on their big conference in February. Good to talk with you again, Rick. I'll see you down in Orlando. All right, all right, Chip. Enjoy Sounds your good. time that, between now and then. All right. You bet. Rick Brock, The Brock Report. 
To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. I don't know what you're thinking. So call us at 855-4-TALK-AG and tell us what's on your mind. Interesting that uh, handsome voiceover man mentions phone calls. <laughs> okay, so there you were. There you were, you know, just doing this random cadence mm-hmm. on the phone number mm-hmm. uh, while I was in... Uh, Oh, uh, sure. North yeah. Fork, Nebraska. Yep. And the look on their faces is exactly <laughs> the look that I get on my face <laughs> when you when you met when you mess with the cadence of that phone number. Oh well, my gosh, I could see brainwave shorting out. I'll uh, <laughs> I'll leave the phone number alone right now. Actually, uh, welcome back to AgriTech, everybody. Davis, Chip. Uh, we've yeah. we've got somebody on the line here. I. Th- I think I might know who it is. I think we've got Scout the Farm Dog. Scout? Hey, Davis. Scout! Scout the Farm Dog! Um, okay, now, you were going to go um, and report on the Farm Dog of the Year Award. What do you got for us today? Well, at its annual convention in San Juan, Puerto Rico, the American Farm Bureau Federation announced 2023's Farm Dog of the Year is a border collie named Tuff. The 14-year-old Tuff has been working with Kansas Farm Bureau members Denny and Donna Ashcraft since she was two years old. Oh, wow. So that's a that's a good long time. Um, what, what do we know about Tuff? Were you able to dig up any background? Tuff began her career as a decorated competition herding dog when tragedy struck. Ooh. And she was afflicted with a devastating spinal injury. What? Although she recovered from some short-term paralysis, Tuff was unable to return to the field of competition. But that gave her more time to focus on supervision and assistance at the Ashcroft Farm. (laughs) Prizes were awarded by Purina to Tuff and a group of runners-up. Congratulations to Tuff and all of the winners, and congratulations to everyone who has the privilege of working with the dog. Yes, indeed. Um, I've got a question for you, Scout. Uh, have have you ever been nominated for the uh, Farm Dog of the Year? <laughs> well, I tell you, Davis, I'm a journalist at heart, and I've always wanted to avoid any potential appearance of impropriety. Oh. So I stay out of the game. Okay, fair enough. Well, thanks for the report, Scout, and uh, good work, buddy. You bet. For Farm Dog Journal, this is Scout the Farm Dog. Okay. Well, oh, there you go. Congratulations. 
you can't trust the media. That yeah. right there. That's a lot of integrity right there. That, yeah. You're darn right. Out darn of the right. mouths of dogs, you know? <laughs> Congratulations Scout. to Tough and to uh, Denny and Donna Ashcraft of the Kansas Farm yeah. Bureau. Farm Dog of the Year, congratulations. Way to go, Tough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Um, Back to business. Rick Brock. Brock okay. & Associates. Yeah? Okay. little something for the Bulls and for the Bears in yeah. the reports. <laughs> I'm not sure that on the heels of a, what did he call I want to get it right, a trendless year in the markets. I'm not sure a January report here actually really helps us at all. It gives us a short-term bump. Yeah. How many people have said, yeah, but we'll probably get it back in, we'll, yeah. we'll get it back in, you know, this report or that report or, or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, so we missed 344, I think that's the number, 344 million bushels of corn mm-hmm. in this December 1 stocks report, according to pre-report trade expectations. Could we get them back later? The answer right. to that is yes. Mm-hmm. We could. The estimate that, we, you know, Rick said it, he, he wouldn't be surprised if the corn acreage, excuse me, if the corn export estimate doesn't go down even more. Yesterday. Uh, ben Brown from the University of Missouri. Mm-hmm. He's got us down like another 200 million. So maybe we don't find all of those 344 million bushels. But if Ben's right, those 200 million bushels are going to end up on ending stocks a- at some point if Ben right. is right. Right. That- I still think the second half of the year is going to be better for corn exports than what it is right now. Okay. All right. Well, I, I, I just wonder if, if maybe a guy shouldn't do something to to capture some of the strength right now because it might be fleeting into spring. Yes. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Yeah. No, I, I think you're right. Um, Brian Grady said it this morning on the free-for-all. Uh, Rick basically said it this, you know, this uh, in, in earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he said – don't get caught up right now on your old or new crop sales, but stay ready. Stay ready to get caught up and maybe advance those sales mm-hmm. on a rally. Brian is still looking to sell rallies in corn and in soybeans. I still think it's the right thing to the right approach to the market because if <laughs> you know, at, at some, I agree with what Rick said about basis because I was having the thought yesterday, and I fully mm-hmm. expected that we were going to see data that would mm-hmm. suggest the basis market is going to start to dry up on us, and 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 we'd see some some deterioration of basis very quickly. It, it, I don't, I did not see that evidence, but it's coming. It is coming. At some point, it will happen. It may take a reallocation of supplies out in Nebraska. Take them out of the ethanol mm. side and put them in the mm-hmm. feed yard. Mm-hmm. If, if we start to see corn movement from from ethanol to feed yards, well, then we're probably done because that reallocation process is something that once it happens, you know, the best example that I've got, it's so ridiculous, but the best example that I've got of that goes all the way back to the 1995-96 marketing year. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, but but in Illinois, 
in mm-hmm. Illinois, when they started taking corn away from, like, what, the one ethanol? It was an ADM ethanol producer over there at that time. When they just said, you know what, we're just going to shut it down and move that corn over to the feed market. Mm. That was it. The, huh. the the basis strength was gone because the because the cash market had done its job. We got a three day weekend. Yeah, we do. Yeah, so have fun during the three day weekend. Thank you so much for listening. When you come back on Monday morning, we've got a heck of a conversation coming your way. Uh, Machine repeats going to be here, of course, mm-hmm. and uh, conversation with a gentleman that I met this week out in. Norfolk, Nebraska. I'm looking forward to replaying that for you. Have a great weekend, everybody. This is Agritalk.